0: You are Locked on balls your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Locked on balls your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today as Tennessee's basketball team will be back in action tonight. The Vols will play South Carolina at Thompson Bowling Arena at 630. Tennessee will go for a 19th straight win on the season when the Vols host South Carolina. Tennessee will be trying to sweep the Gamecocks after winning in Columbia just a few weeks ago. On today's show, you will hear from Rick Barnes talking about getting ready for South Carolina, making sure that Tennessee does not overlook tonight's opponent with Kentucky coming up on Saturday. I've kind of joked the last few days that I can overlook the South Carolina game and go ahead and start talking Kentucky, but Tennessee can't, and I don't think Tennessee will. But we'll get to that with Rick Barnes talking about it. And Grant Williams talking about going through this process as the number one team, a team that's getting so much attention now, and a team that's going to receive a lot of hype leading up to the Kentucky game coming up on Saturday. That's coming up in segment number one. In the second segment of today's show, Jimmy Dykes of ESPN and the SEC Network will talk about Tennessee's basketball team and why he believes Tennessee can win a national championship. You want to talk about hype? That is. Kind of goes with it. Tennessee, as the number one team for a fourth straight week, continues to get a lot of attention, and I would say it deserves a lot of attention. So that's coming up in the second segment. And in segment number three, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN talks about year one for Jeremy Pruitt, some of the challenges that he faces with Tennessee's football program, and some of the signs of why it could be successful for Tennessee here over the next few years with Jeremy Pruitt, but why we also might need to see something In the near future. That's all right here on Locked On Valls, your team every day, available anywhere you get your podcasts, including if you get in your car and just want to fire it up on your smartphone. All you have to do is tell your smartphone to play podcasts, Locked On Vols, and it should fire away for you. Locked on Vols, your team every day. So Tennessee's basketball team is getting ready for South Carolina coming up tonight. 6:30 tip off. The game will be on the SEC network and Tennessee is going for a 19th straight win. I do hope that Tennessee gets the win and is going into Saturday looking for a 20th straight win with college game day being there in Lexington. It'll be Saturday night so the you know the entire day. It's not necessarily like a a big college football Saturday, but the the anticipation all day Saturday for a game Saturday night. It kind of makes me think of when Tennessee played Memphis on the road a decade ago when Tennessee was in a number one versus number two match, Memphis being number one in that case. The fact that it was played at night, I don't know, for some reason just I think it added to the game, and I think that will be the case this upcoming Saturday. The roles are a little bit reversed. Tennessee is the number one team going into this one against Kentucky, and we do know there will be a rematch no matter the result. And Kentucky did lose last night to LSU. Tennessee is going to try to avoid that fate tonight and look at, how close Duke was to losing last night. That one was wild, and Michigan went down to Penn State. Tennessee's probably aware of that. But with so much talk about that game, from the media, from the fans, players can't help but hear some of it. Now, I think sometimes what we're talking about, especially when we're talking about it in excess, I don't think it translates over to the players. I don't think it connects to them the way we might think that it would. But that is something that I'm sure has at least been brought up with the players by the coaches this week to make sure you're not overlooking South Carolina, which frankly could be easy to do. South Carolina is a team that Tennessee knows it can beat as the Vols won comfortably in Columbia a few weeks ago. And if you look at Ken Pomeroy's rankings, South Carolina is barely inside the top 100 of all college basketball teams. It does have a 7-3 and SEC record, which is not bad at all. But Rick Barnes talked about that when he met with the media on Monday as Tennessee was getting ready for it's preparation for the week with the anticipation of the Kentucky game making sure that the the team is focused on South Carolina. Here's Rick Barnes talking about Tennessee's opponent with a follow-up question on the Gamecocks to come. They're going to play extremely hard in physical game and, and uh, I think everybody knows that and uh, we fully expect it and they compete as hard as anybody that you're going to play against and that's what we expect.
2: You
0: know this, but there's already tons of talk about Kentucky. Is there any worry on your part about your team being focused or looking ahead on Wednesday night
1: you know I would be shocked because I think our guys have so much uh, respect for South Carolina and uh, they understand where they are right now and I think they have a great respect for our league and know that uh, I mean I thought we went out and competed hard against Florida and I expect them to understand that today's preparation is really really important tomorrow and get ready for that game and that's what we've always tried to do, and uh, so I, that's what I expect from them. Rick Barnes, he expects his team to be ready to go. So do I. Tennessee is a big favorite going into this one. The line uh, opened up in the 16-point range, so Tennessee about a 16-point favorite against South Carolina tonight. I don't know if Tennessee covers that. I don't know if Tennessee wins by more than 16 or not, but that also is a reminder of where the conversation has been regarding Tennessee's basketball team over the last few weeks. The talk has really been, with most games, about whether Tennessee would cover a big number, not if Tennessee would win. Tennessee, since that overtime game against Vanderbilt, has won each game by double digits, including a win at South Carolina. And remember in that game, Tennessee played without Jordan Bowden when Rick Barnes found out just minutes before tip-off that Bowden would not be able to play. So Tennessee played that game on the road with one of its most important players, I think right now Jordan Bowden is the favorite to be the sixth man of the year in the SEC. That's how important he is for Tennessee's team. And the Vols won comfortably on the road without him. In that game, Derek Walker and Jalen Johnson stepped up. We will be watching to see what the status is for Eve Pons tonight. He is expected to be available, at least according to an update on Monday from Rick Barnes, with a mask being uh, put together for him to wear because of the facial injury he suffered in practice last Thursday, but pay attention there as Eve Ponds available. The Vols uh, missed him on Saturday, but still was able to beat Florida by 12 points. And and that's another thing. Tennessee has dealt with not really major injury issues, but some injury problems along the way. Lamonte Turner missed a pretty long stretch of games earlier this season and won all the games without him. The only loss for Tennessee was against Kansas, and Lamonte actually played in that one. But Lamonte missed some games. There was the Bowden injury. And there's been talk of a a knee issue for Grant Williams, but look at the way he's played. He's the favorite to be the SEC player of the year. So credit to Tennessee. While it's dealt with some injury issues at different times, it's been able to fight through. Guys have played a lot of minutes for Tennessee, and that is a question. Do players hold up as the season goes along? That'll be something to watch. That's why being at full strength and having a full collection of players I do think is important for Tennessee. So what is Eve Pond's status? That's something we're watching tonight as well. I'd say taking care of the basketball is a big focus from the coaching staff. Rebounding, not giving up offensive boards, meaning second-chance opportunities for South Carolina to score. That's going to be a focus. And a topic that I covered on Tuesday's show, Tennessee remaining loose. I think that remains a priority and a talking point for Tennessee's basketball team, which Grant Williams talked about, Tennessee's junior leader on the March Madness show That's hosted by Andy Katz. Grant Williams talked about going through this grind of a schedule and having a good time, having fun with this process while they try to stay focused on trying to continue to win basketball games.
0: For us, we just kind of not, we have to find the competitiveness and fun in it. When you win so much, you start getting used to it. But um, the biggest thing for us is just to continue what we're doing, to continue competing, and finding that joy of finding competing is. A of teams every single night at SEC because it's hard to win the SEC, and for us to be doing it at a high level, we have to continue to enjoy each other and enjoy the, the
1: game. And I do think that's happening. I think Tennessee fans will enjoy the game as well. Remember, the tip-off is a little bit earlier, so whether you're headed to the game there at Thompson Bowling Arena or tuning in on TV, it'll be on the SEC Network at 6:30. Will be the start time for radio listeners. If you're driving home, maybe in the East Tennessee area, WIVK and the Sports Animal. We'll have the game for you with Vol network coverage beginning at six o'clock tonight. Coming up next on Locked On Vols, the expectations are, of course, very high for Tennessee at this point, being the number one team for a fourth straight week. So can the Vols do the ultimate? Can they win the national championship? Jimmy Dykes answers that question coming up next, right here on Locked On Vols, your team every day. And it's presented by Learning Rx Knoxville. Learning RX has one-on-one brain training and they can help people of all ages if you have a child that's in need a child that has struggled with learning with reading if your child's not performing as well as you think he or she should in school learning rx can help learning rx begins with a cognitive assessment to figure out why there might be an issue if you or someone in your life is struggling with memory learning rx can help it's about the ability to learn easier to think faster to perform better LearningRx's one-on-one brain training programs have helped more than 100,000 kids and adults, and they can be helpful for you as well. If you go to the website, learningrx.com slash Knoxville, you can learn more about the cognitive skill programs that they offer, the difference in training versus tutoring. What are you getting from LearningRx? LearningRx.com slash Knoxville can help give you that information. I've seen the work that they're doing at the location on North Shore Drive, and it can make a difference. Call Learning RX and schedule a cognitive assessment. The phone number is 865-246-6326. That's 865-246-6326. If you have someone in your life that's in need of help, Learning RX is there for you. It's Learning RX Knoxville. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Tennessee, with all this attention that it's receiving, I don't think it's getting as much coverage or as much hype maybe as Duke. Tennessee is the number one ranked team. And I saw some talk on Twitter just the other day that the media wants Duke to be number one. And maybe some do. But the media did have a vote again on Monday with the Associated Press poll. And it voted Tennessee number one. So I think Tennessee and Duke are the two teams getting the most national attention. Again, there's probably more on Duke. I think that's just always going to happen, that schools like Duke or Kentucky or Kansas, uh, North Carolina maybe, that they're going to get some more national attention just because of the following that is there. But outside of Duke, I think it's Tennessee with the amount of people who have been talking up the Vols. A lot of people around the nation, writers from CBS Sports or The athletic uh, yesterday, Seth Davis. He did drop Tennessee to number two in his poll, but he was asked today which four teams would he put in the final four, and Tennessee was among them. So the debate has been there Duke or Tennessee, number one or number two. That tells you the kind of standing that Tennessee has with people around the country, and that includes Jimmy Dykes, who I think does a terrific job covering college basketball for ESPN and the SEC network. He was in Knoxville just last Tuesday when Tennessee played Missouri. He's seen Tennessee in person a number of times this year and last year, and Jimmy Dykes talked about what stands out, seeing Tennessee in person, what he likes about the Vols. Here's Jimmy Dykes from a conversation on Sports 180 on WNML in Knoxville talking about Tennessee.
0: I think they're a very unselfish, hold each other to a high, high level and accountability team, and that's, you think that goes on all the time, but it doesn't. And they're, a, they're just a very mature group that they, they know who they are. They, they're they a, a hungry, humble team, and they're, they're they're just darn good. Like, Rick's got good players, and he's developed those guys over the last couple of three years that their talent is good enough to win a national championship. Their character is. Obviously, their coaching is. I'm not saying they're going to, but they are one of the six or seven teams that I look at right now and say that's, those will be the favorites when that bracket comes out, and, and Tennessee will be will be right in that mix. So uh, they're they're uh, they're very grounded as a program, and they have a personality about them that I know it's easy for Big Orange fans to like that team, and I can see why when I'm around them because they're very they're very selfless. They play the game the right way, and uh, you guys got a lot of great days ahead of you there as
1: Tennessee fans. Yeah, and you mentioned that it can be easier said than done to have that. How challenging can that be for a, a coaching staff, Rick Barnes and his staff in this case, to put what Tennessee has together the way it has it right now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: obviously it's very hard to do because there's very few teams that can do it. And I think Rick and his staff have done a, a tremendous job in recruiting the type of kid that they know is going to fit with them. And a lot, a lot of coaches miss on that, but Rick is obviously a phenomenal coach. He knows exactly what fits with his style and what doesn't. And, you know, Admiral and Grant, those guys kind of help hold that thing together. They, they coach each other really well. Uh, they, I said last night, and you have a team that's doing that. They can fix the problem a lot of time before the coach has to fix the problem, and I see that with that team. So can they get better? Yes. Do they need to get better? Yes. I still think defensively they're, they're not guarding as tough as they did maybe even last year. Not that they're a bad defensive team, but they can still make some improvement there. And then, like like everybody else, they got to stay healthy. You know, you got to stay healthy and be hot at the right time. But um, I, I don't see any sign them uh, having entitlement or not continuing to improve this year because of how they go about their business day to day.
1: And the personality of this Tennessee basketball team with Grant and Admiral and, and the other guys as they've grown together. What have you seen? What have you thought seeing that come together and, and maybe being around the players a little bit?
0: You know, like I said, they're, they're really easy to root for as a, as a Tennessee fan. I, I see that up close because they're, they're really good kids. And, and other, other, other programs have good kids too. But these guys are together. They're for one another. There's absolutely no, no jealousy, no agendas at all in that program right now. It's about winning games and getting better, and that's all they can control. And uh, they're, they, 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 they genuinely really like each other and people think, well, everybody does that on a team. That is, that's not true at all. It's, it's hard to get guys to like each other and pull for one another and have no jealousy of one another and hold each other accountable like they do. So you know, it's taken Rick, What is he there in his fourth year, it's taking this long to get to this point, but you've got to go back to his first couple of years and how he would not waver from standards, and now it's paying off.
1: ESPN college basketball analyst Jimmy Dyke, so the personality of the team the way that these guys get along and how easy they are to root for. And I've talked about that. A a lot of people covering the team have. I, I think fans have picked up on that at this point. I think that's a reason that the following for this team has grown over the last couple of seasons is because I think Tennessee has done a really good job of allowing the players to show their personality, which has helped them connect to the fans, and the fans have seen that. And I think since the... Really could say the start of two seasons ago, but definitely the start of last year. You've watched this team grow. These guys have been playing together over the last three seasons, and this was the group last year. James Daniel was a part of the rotation last year, but he's really the only guy lost from last year's rotation, a team that shared the SEC regular season title. And we should not discount the importance of the chemistry that this team has. And I did wonder, at least, I wondered aloud at the time during the offseason, would Tennessee be able to maintain that after an offseason where Admiral Schofield took a look at the NBA and, of course, came back for his senior year and players' games had developed and you know, they were going to have bigger, bigger opportunities coming. Would they be able to maintain that chemistry? And all the players laughed at the question. They said, absolutely, it will still be there. And they were right. And that is so difficult to do, to see Admiral grow his game the way that it has. For Grant to develop into not only an SEC Player of the Year favorite after winning the award last year, but also getting so much All-American talk. And then Kyle Alexander developing into a potential NBA prospect. And Jordan Bone developing into an all-SEC level player. And Bowden being as important as he is, but still going to the bench and accepting that. All of these players, while they have individually improved, I think clearly improved, they have still been able to keep everything together as a team. And things are about to get more challenging for this team. Going to Rupp will be very difficult, but I don't think they're going to be overwhelmed by playing at Rupp. If they lose on Saturday, I think it'll be because they lost to a team that's really good. And Tennessee will play Kentucky at home in a couple of weeks and still have a really good chance to win. If Tennessee sweeps Kentucky, oh boy, they did that last year in the regular season, and that would... If Tennessee sweeps Kentucky this year, then I think we're absolutely talking about a one seed at the end of the season for Tennessee. But uh, to the chemistry, to the cohesion that is there for this team, it's pretty special. And to the level that Tennessee has it, I'd say most coaches only find it once or twice, maybe two or three times during the course of their careers. Rick Barnes has a pretty special group right now. He knows it. The players know it. The fans know it as well. And I do believe the national media sees it, hence the comments from Jimmy Dykes that you just heard a few minutes ago. So Tennessee and South Carolina tonight, we'll see if the Vols can get to win number 19 in a row as the Valls look to extend their school record winning streak before going up to Rupp Arena to play Kentucky on Saturday. Coming up here in the final segment of Locked on Vols, I'll switch to Tennessee football. Year one for Jeremy Pruitt is behind him. Does Tennessee need to take a big step? heading into year two. Adam Rittenberg of ESPN talks about that coming up next on Locked On Vols. Remember to send me questions or comments for the show. I'm on Twitter, at Josh underscore Ward, as well as on Facebook, facebook Facebook.com slash Josh Ward. You can uh, shoot me an email, Twitter message, Facebook, whatever you might want to do to uh, send some questions or comments for Tennessee football or hoops or Tennessee athletics. I welcome those anytime. Thanks for all the interaction that we've had on the show so far. Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So year one is behind Jeremy Pruitt, and it's been a full year at this point. He's gone through his first full season on the field as well as his first full signing class that he wrapped up last week. So now he gets ready for his second season in Knoxville. And expectations will be higher. Tennessee will be expected to make a bowl game this upcoming season. If the Vols finish 5-7 and seven or worse... Well, that would be really disappointing to a lot of people, Jeremy Pruitt included. On Tuesday's show, I talked about Bill Conley's S&P Plus projection, saying Tennessee could be a top 25 team. Now, Tennessee will face a number of good teams again, and the schedule will not be a cakewalk, although it does look like it should be easier than this past season. But long way to go in that conversation, right now projecting ahead Should Tennessee expect some kind of jump? Is that important? On Sports 180 on Tuesday, Adam Rittenberg, who covers college football for ESPN.com, talked about what he's seen from Jeremy Pruitt so far and what we might want to look for heading into Jeremy Pruitt's second season at Tennessee. Here's Adam Rittenberg.
2: I think year one had a little bit of everything. I think you saw some improvement, uh, especially kind of towards the middle, towards the end of the season, and then it just falls apart there at the end, which is... You're certainly discouraging. I think that is a program that could have benefited from a stronger finish, obviously being part of a bowl game. I uh, think Recruiting's never going to be a problem with Jeremy there. It's one of his strengths. It's been a strength of his throughout his career as an assistant, especially in the South at Florida State, then at Georgia, then at Alabama, and now as a head coach at Tennessee. I think the, the staff is going to be interesting. Let's face it, it was a um, very meandering search for an offensive coordinator. It took a lot longer than uh, I think it should have but they end up with Jim Chaney, who is certainly respected in uh, college football and, and knows the SEC, and is coming over from Georgia. So very interested to see if, uh, if that's a, a move that pays off for Tennessee in the long run. Um, but you know, going into this year, uh, it, it's going to be a challenge. You look at uh, Florida as an ascending program, Georgia at the top of the division, Kentucky is a program that probably won't be as strong, but they're on the rise. Under under Mark Stoops, so you know it, as you guys know, it's a real challenge in that conference, and probably more so now in the East Division than it has been the last few years. So, uh, but you see a lot of, of teams make a big jump in year two. I think once a new coach establishes his culture and the things that he, he 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 stresses, and players are no longer surprised by that, oftentimes you see a team take a step forward in that second year.
1: Yeah, is, is that a big thing that you normally watch, at least for programs that have big championship aspira- aspirations, which Tennessee does? What happens in that Ah, uh, year one to two, maybe year two to three jump, which you do pretty early on,
2: right? Well, we've seen it more around the sport. I mean, the, the example I always think of, and it's you know kind of long ago, but Ohio State, you know, was not winning at, at the level that they uh, needed to, and then Jim Trestle comes in, and in year two they win a national championship. Um, and, and you saw that UCF with Scott Frost taking a winless team to a a, a national championship of sorts in the second year and unde- an undefeated season. So I, I think that there should be high expectations for most of these programs in the second season because it's no longer new. Now, Tennessee has some challenges without a, without a doubt. You know, they've had some turnover on their coaching staff, but uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see what type of strides it, that they, they can make because I do think they played hard for Pruitt, uh, but there were obviously some, some weaknesses on the roster that he, that he talked about at times last year.
1: And that's why Jeremy Pruitt is hoping that his 2019 class will have several players who can help right away. And I think that Tennessee is going to be one of the schools listed by just about every publication heading into this upcoming year of watch this team. When you, when you have lists of teams that are most interesting heading into the year, I think Tennessee will be there just because, one, it's a major program. And major programs are always interesting. And number two, you have Jeremy Pruitt and a program that expects to make a jump. What's kind of interesting is on Tennessee's schedule. The Vols will play Florida, which will have Dan Mullen in year two, and they will be expected to make a big jump. Florida will probably be a preseason top 10 team, and the Vols will also host Mississippi State with year two coach Joe Moorhead. And that's a program that has actually held pretty high standards over the last few years because of what Dan Mullen did there. Now, again, Florida's coach. So uh, it'll be a very interesting offseason. More work is being done with Tennessee's football team as they are just a few weeks away, March 7th, will be the start of spring practice. So winter workouts, I've joked that it's Craig Fitzgerald season as he spends a lot of time with Tennessee's players, he and the strength staff do, to get them ready for not only the spring but, of course, this upcoming fall. And what kind of impact can the 2019 class make for Tennessee? That will play a role in what happens on the field because an impact from the 2019 class would mean more talent on the field but also more depth within Tennessee's roster. For Tennessee's coaching staff to count on. Uh, appreciate the time from Adam Rittenberg. That was on WNML on Tuesday. And that is going to do it for Locked On Vols today. Today presented by Learning RX Knoxville. Remember, the show is available on iTunes if you have time to rate and review the podcast. Five star reviews are always very helpful. Thanks to everybody who has taken some time to rate and review the show before, as well as on Google, Spotify, the third party apps, and your smart speaker. It's Locked On Vols. Tennessee will play South Carolina at Thompson Bowling Arena tonight at 630. I'll be back here tomorrow to talk about it and to start to look ahead to the weekend even more with Tennessee and Kentucky. Thanks for hanging out here today. I'll see you tomorrow.